Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. Good morning, church. We're the Taylors, and we are so thankful to be here this morning to celebrate uh, this Advent season with you. The reading this morning for the candle is from Luke 2, from the message, verses 1 through 7. This is the birth of Jesus. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had traveled to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to the Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had gone there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. This morning, uh, I brought my sexy voice. I worked on it all week with a cold, so you're welcome. Uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed with being up here now and looking at all this art around me. It's kind of beautiful. I know it looks like... um, Christmas, but this took a lot of time, and the team that put this together, they did an amazing, amazing job. So we want to thank them. Um, Some of you may go, oh, those are just broken pieces of wood. No, 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 they're broken specifically in a certain way to make those stars. Uh, My wife just got back. She was on the team that went to go study in Israel, and um, one of the side tours they made was to Bethlehem, and so... I was kind of surprised just because I, I knew, but my wife didn't know, and some of the people on the team didn't know. They were expecting, oh, little town of Bethlehem. So they're like, oh, this is going to be so cute. They imagine little huts and, you know, straw. And, well, it's, it's uh, not little. It's a big city. And when you get there, you go, oh, but you say, oh, because it's, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous place. Israel is very safe, um, but Bethlehem, surprisingly, is not. It's a, uh, and so Stephanie, as she was walking around, she'd been felt completely at ease, it's safe everywhere, but when they went there, she was all stressed out. She was, you know, just looking at all of the chaos and the craziness and then the story she was hearing. And as she's walking, uh, she has an uh, Apple Watch, and Apple sent her a message. The company sends her a message on her phone, and it buzzes, and it says, breathe. I don't know if you guys have one of those watches. I don't, but they tell you when you stop breathing, it says, breathe. I don't know how they do that, but that's, and if I could do it, I'd love to pull a full Oprah right now and go, what, you want an Apple Watch? You got one, and you got one, and you got one, because this whole season, if you all had an Apple Watch... It would probably be telling you constantly breathe because you're going to be so stressed and overwhelmed by all the things that are happening. 
That's why people get so ticked when the day after uh, Halloween, boom, the Christmas stuff starts going up. I can't believe it. It's earlier and earlier. Every year, bah humbug. You know, you hear it all the time because nobody, why is that? Is it because people don't like Christmas? No, that's not really what it is. It's, it's those voices. It's the voices that come along with Christmas that aren't the voice, but those other things that filter in that cause all of that stress. Um, so that's why we chose this theme, the voices of Christmas. Um, and probably one of the loudest voices, the voice that we're going to focus on this morning, because there's several voices that we're going to look at this, this month through the series. Um, there's the voice of uh, uh, time. You know, oh, another party, and I, how am I going to get this done, and how am I going to do that? And you, you just, you start to stress out, and then there's the, the stress of relationships, or family, or loss of family, or gain of family, or whatever you want to call it. But for this morning, we're going to talk about money. Um, because that is one of the stronger voices, one of the more pounding voices, screeching voices that we hear during this season. And ironically enough, um, as I was preparing this week, this wasn't part of the preparation, but I had a freak out on Monday night. Um, I was looking at the finances for some reason because we were buying something for someone for Christmas. And I started... I got frustrated, I started getting angry with my wife, like it's her fault, and then I'm looking at the kids, and I'm looking at the bank, and then I realized, and I didn't have the watch, I don't have one of those watches, but if I did, it would say, dude, stop freaking out and breathe. So I went into my office, and I just laid down, and I just started breathing, because I'm like, what is going on? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. What is going on when those voices kick in, and what do we do in response if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to John 1, 1. Typically, uh, this is an abnormal translation. Um, if you have NIV, NAS, it's going to be John chapter 1, which is a mirror of the creation story in Genesis. So in the beginning, in the beginning, except here in, in this translation, uh, it says before time. This translation is called The Voice. Um, Evan Leeward gave it to me several years ago, and I was like, what is this about? And the translation, um, the voice, is from scholars, um, language experts in Hebrew and Greek, and, and then they mix it with writers and poets and artists. And so they come together to try to create this Bible that we can understand but also has the poetry that the original one had, but to compare it with our poetry. And so they took that word, so if you have a typical translation in front of you, you'll say, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God and was with God, and through him all things were created. But this translation says it differently. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. So what they did, is, and that's why they called it the voice, the Bible translation, is because they felt that the most important word in all of the Bible was how they described Jesus. And so they use the word voice instead of word. But they, they go back and forth a little bit. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial word remained ever-present with the Creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. 
immersed in the practice of creating all things that exist were birthed in him. And the reason they chose the word voice to translate is because the original word is logos. And it's a very complicated word. It means a lot of things. But one of the things that it refers to is speech. And so that's why typically it's translated word. But the problem with that translation of taking logos and just putting word is you immediately think of of a unit of letters put together to create a word that behind it has this substance. But in logos, there's this element of speech, this element of of action, of, of creation behind that word. It's a very complicated word. It's so loaded. And so they chose the word voice. Because with voice, there's this sense of action. A voice is something that links people, right? It links two different people. It bridges the gap. It also is distinct. When there's a voice that comes, you know where that voice is coming from if you're familiar with it. Um, And so that's why they use that translation. And so during this season, there's these other voices, lower, lower case, V, voices. But here in John 1, it's voice, capital V. And so with that idea of voices, I want us to try something. Um, Are there any children still in here? I'm assuming. I need, I need, I'll take you both. I'll take you both right now. Eric, sorry I didn't warn you about this. Oh, look, he's cheering himself on. Jay's so excited. All right. Well, this may take a lot longer than I originally expected. Okay. This was, uh, I don't know which one this one was. Okay. Wow. Okay, I won't be able to do, well, let's see if we can do this right. Okay, so the way we're going to do this, okay, we got Jay, what's your name, bud? Titus. Titus? That is epic. That is very powerful. Beckett, Noah. Okay, guys, come on over here. I'll create space. I didn't really plan ahead on this one, so I have this tiny little space here. Okay, so you're going to hear a voice. Oh, you want to talk, don't you? Yeah, I figured. Okay, so I need, we're going to start with you, Jay. We're going to close your eyes. Is your mom in here? Okay, don't, don't say anything. Okay, so I'm going to point to somebody, and they're going to yell out, and I want you to tell me when it's your mom, okay? Hi. Is that your mom? No. No? <laughs> so you could tell, you sure want to hear one more time. No? Okay. Yeah, that's her. (laughs) Pretty fast there. Okay, Titus. Come on up, bud. All right, Titus' parents here? Okay. All right, so we're going to have someone call out. Okay, you got your eyes closed? Yeah, let me help you out, Titus. Okay, now tell me if that's, tell me if this is your mom right here. Hi. No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, is this your dad? Okay, tell me if this is your dad. Yes. Yeah, that's your dad. Okay, thanks, guys. I do all of you, but I think they got the point. Good job, Beckett. Noah, way to stand behind these guys and support them well. Appreciate it. Okay, you guys can go sit down. So a voice is distinct. And so in that translation, in the beginning was the voice or the word or the logos. It's meant to carry that familiarity, that distinctness. And yet we have all these other voices that are happening, 
and we need to listen to just the one voice. That's the voice we need to listen to. When all of the other craziness starts seeping in, we need to hear that one voice. My friend is very passionate about um, sports, but especially MMA. So he go, one of our good friends is a professional MMA guy, so he'll go to his, and his matches are pretty big, so they have all of these lead-ups, and he just, he got so excited about it, he goes even when our friend isn't fighting. And he was describing the process. And many of you know this, whether it's boxing or, or um, MMA or similar type sports. When the athletes begin the process of the fight, the first thing they do is they have this press conference. And I don't mean the press conference way before, I mean right before. And so they'll come up and they'll start talking to each other. And they'll, they'll say things to each other that are very um, hurtful. They try to get under your skin. Sometimes they don't. Our friend has never done that. But some of them will say things and say painful things like, oh, you must have been beat like a child. Your mom didn't love you. All these horrible voices, and they're just projecting them because they want to bring them down. They want to stress them out. They want to throw them off their game. So then they have to deal with that set of voice, voices. Then when they leave there, they um, go somewhere else, and they get ready to walk into the arena. And as they're walking into the arena, then everybody's in there and you hear all the voices. And as you're being led through, you're surrounded by voices that you can hear up front. And they're yelling either support and encouragement or, you suck, you're going to die, whatever. They're just, there's these voices and it's surrounding you. It's voice, 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 voice. And so one of our friends was coming down and then he got up into the ring and he was kind of new to fighting. And so he got into the ring and the coach got him in the corner, and grabbed the side of his head. And he said, I want you to hear me. And the guy was kind of staring around because all of this stimulus was happening. And he said, look, we talked about this before, but the other guy likes to jab and then kick. So you need to shift, duck, and then kick, right? Shift, duck, and then kick. And then he said this. He said, now, I need to make sure that my voice is the only voice you can hear right now. So say it to me. Uh, Shift, duck, kick. Okay, say it again. Shift, duck, kick. Repeat it. Shift, duck, kick. Why? Why would he do that? Because he was concerned that he'd be distracted by all the other voices and miss the voice. Here at Christmas, we... As, as churches, we want to always do our best to try to remember Christ during the season. We want to do our best to, to lift him up, to hear only his voice. But we can't do that if we're not going to address the reality, the voices in the room, all the other things that you're struggling with, all the other voices, so that you can be reminded. Um, I have a good friend who during Christmas, her family has this tradition of where all 40 of them, so obviously not, well, I guess it could be immediate family for some of you, but for her it's not just her immediate family, but all the family comes, and they have to buy a present for every single person. Yeah. It's been going on since we've known them. We've known them for years, over 20 years. And... Of course, there's always that person in the family, like 85% of them, that say, you know what, we should probably just do a gift exchange. We should pull some names, because we've all done that, right? 
But then there's always that one person, no. This is our tradition. And all it takes is the one person to say it, and then it's toast. And everybody's frustrated with that person, but the tradition keeps going. So for her, she's just giving in. She's like, this is what it is. I'm going to freak out. But that's one of the voices. She has to start in November. She's got to plan it all out. I mean, forget just buying the presents. Imagine wrapping 40-plus presents. This isn't even the rest of her Christmas. This is just for the one party with the... I have other friends that during the season, as we've talked, talked about last year. And a few of them said this, and they were, and it's one of the things you don't talk about, so they had to be good friends that would share this. But they said, last year, we just didn't have any money for presents. And I looked at my kids, and I felt like a complete failure. Huh? How did this happen? We're not going to get into the history of Christmas, but I can tell you this. Christmas as it is now is pretty new. It's within the past couple hundred years. That doesn't mean it's bad, but we can lose our way. What I want you to do is I want you to open up your Bibles. I want you to open up to Luke chapter 12. We're going to bounce around there a little bit. This passage that we're going to look at is actually part of the Sermon on the Mount. We're studying it, Matthew. I know you thought, wait, I thought we finished the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, we're going to start up again in January and finish it because I felt frustrated, so I decided to slip it into Christmas. But in Luke, which is another place where the Sermon on the Mount is, um, remember we had a few weeks ago, we talked about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That doesn't mean all these presents, all these things, all this money. But I want to make sure you saw that link. Because then Jesus says, so don't be afraid. In the context of money, in the context of what's set up above this, are you worried about what you're going to wear? Are you worried about where you're going to live? Are you worried about what you're going to eat or drink? Don't worry. God will take care of you. Just like he takes care of the birds, just like he takes care of the grass of the field, you're going to be taken care of. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. If during this season, you start hearing all those other voices, I want you to hear your coach, your God, grab you by the side of the face and say, don't be afraid. Repeat it to me. Don't be afraid. Passage goes on. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Notice that it says to sell your possessions and then give to those in need, or to give to the poor, or to give to charity. We have this thing where Christmas, I I like what this one unknown author said. He said, Christmas is the season when you buy this year's gifts with next year's money. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you start firing up your American Express or your Visa and that creates distress? Why? The Bible is very clear about it. The borrower will be slave to the lender. So don't borrow to give presents to people. This says sell your possessions. Sell what you already have. And if you don't have it, 
you don't give it. But the problem with that is, is we hear the voices of other people. They're not even saying it. We just put that sound coming through their voice. What, you're not going to provide? You're not going to do this? You're not going to do that? Everyone else is doing it. Why aren't you doing that? And so, as Galatians 1.10 warns us, are you now trying to earn the approval of man or of God? Because this is not how God designed us to give. Giving is beautiful. I used to be the king of Bah Humbug because I couldn't understand the whole present giving thing. But when you start to get away from how we've perverted it and look at the core of it, to give to someone, it's beautiful. Well, it's just a t-shirt, it's just a watch, it's just a, but it doesn't matter. It's where it comes from. But it can, if, it, if it comes out of love and not obligation, not trying to earn people's approval, not trying to impress, but if it comes out of love and it comes from what you already have, Let's face it, it's not realistic for you guys to go, okay, let's go to Craigslist. I'm hitting it hard. I'm going to provide everyone's presence because I'm selling stuff. You're probably not going to make it in time, right? That's not the point. The point is, is that you give of what you have, what you don't have. And when you try to give of what you don't have, you will be stressed, you'll be overwhelmed, and your watch is going to go off and say, breathe. And no matter how much you breathe, you're still stuck in that situation. When God gives us clear direction in his word to not borrow and give from that, then we can't expect him to come in and fix everything. You're going to have to deal with the stress from not trusting him and not doing what he tells us to do. Yeah, but you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. For real? So we talked about this before. Every time that we have the scripture reading, it has a point. It has depth and it has background. And so we're doing the Advent candles. And you're like, oh, it's Christmas. We better do the obligatory Christmas time. Little verses. All right, so they're going to Bethlehem, and then there's Joseph, and there's Mary, and there's no room for them. And so think about someone that knows about being poor. It's Jesus. Imagine the stories being brought back. Remember that time, Joseph? Because here's the deal. If it's not a good time, it's a good story. And so these stories are coming up later. Remember that time, Joe? <laughs> Jesus, come over here. You got to hear this. So here we are. We're in Bethlehem. We're going back for the census. We don't have anywhere to stay. We got nothing. And you know who's going to be more bitter? Not just someone that doesn't have a place to stay. Not someone that had to ride a donkey. But someone that is nine months pregnant about to pop. That is not a good situation. It's a good story now, but that's a horrible situation. And as they're describing this, that is the epitome of poverty. That's the epitome of not having enough. So Jesus is not unaware of what we're going through. He's just saying, don't be afraid. Don't worry. If you want to give, go. But sell of what you have, not what you don't have. And stop trying to please other people. That's only going to stress you out. That's a lower capital V voice. Did I say lower capital? Oh, I was working so hard on that all week. I kept calling it lower capital. And it sounds good, but it's supposed to be lowercase, and I, I almost pulled it off. So the question for us during this season is what is the place of money in your life during this season? And during this season, I'll give you a picture of what it is for you outside of the season probably an improper relationship. You're trying to use it for control or security or to please others. You may have a lot of it. It's not just because you don't have it, but what's your relationship with it? 
Does it fix the problems? Seek first. Trust first. Put your hope first in the kingdom of God. And then these things, the things that matter, will be added unto you. So I'm going to close up here. But I want us to take a step back. Because this passage that we were looking at, it came from somewhere. So I have two questions for you. Who's Jesus talking to here? Go sell your possessions. Seek first the kingdom. Who's he talking to at this very moment in Luke? And the other question is, why was he speaking about money? So when we go back, we see here in verse 13 of chapter 12, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Two brothers. One of the brothers is the oldest. He gets everything. And the other brother is saying, hey, Jesus, can you fix this? What's that guy's relationship with money? We're talking about his father passing away, his brother, and he's worried about the finances. He's worried about money. What's his relationship with money? So everything that Jesus says here, all of his words are bringing us back to that issue, that issue of money. There's a, uh, I'm, I'm putting, the, we're putting together this series um, between us and one of our sister churches, uh, Lamb's Fellowship out in Lake Elsinore. Um, I know, I, I, I was nervous about saying his name for those of you that don't know him, because then you're wondering, is this like a sisterhood of weird pastor name guys? It's Buzzy. I actually don't even know his real name, but Buzzy and I are working together on this. And he was sharing about his church. And he said that a guy came up to him this year, just in the past few weeks, and said, hey, just so you know, the past few years were so bad financially. Like, brutal. And Buzz's like, I didn't even know. No, no, I, I didn't tell anybody. But I want you to know. They have a, a fund. Ours is called the Benevolence Fund. Their church is called the Good Samaritan Fund. And he said, I knew that people in the church had been giving to this fund. And so even though at times I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, at times I had to like go um, borrow money from family or I had to go to food banks to get food um, for, for several years. He said, but I could sleep at night. In fact, he told that to Buzzy for this Sunday. He goes, I want, I want to say one more thing to you. I was able to sleep at night because I knew that we had a good Samaritan's fund. I didn't ask for it, but I knew I could. I knew I could ask from it, so it was there. So he goes, that's why I give to it now. And then this week, so he actually took stuff he had, sold it, provided into this fund, and um, he said, I'm doing it because I want other people to have that same hope. A lady came into their office. I mean, talk about the courage that it takes. This is not a beggar. This is a woman with courage. She goes, I don't have any money for food for me or my kids. Zero. And they were able to show where the food bank was. They were able to help her with the rent and some other things. Where? From that fund. From who? From that guy. And Buzzy was so excited to call and say, hey, you know what, man? I want you to know what happened this week. I want you to know what you selling your possessions did. I want you to know what your finances did to bring hope to this person so that now she can sleep at night. 
That's the core of what our relationship with money should be. It's just a tool. It's not good. It's not bad. If you hear the voice, that's within you. That's not money speaking. So although I called it in the beginning the the voice of money, it's a voice that's inside of you, that's triggered. And so this is what I want to call all of us to. I want you to hear just the voice. I know I wanted to offer you Apple Watches earlier. If I could offer this, I would come and grab each of you by the side of the head. And I would say this. You know what? That voice, it's going to come. That fear, it's going to come. Your Apple Watch is going to go off and tell you you need to breathe. And when it does, I want you to hear my voice and listen to me. This is what I want you to do. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Give only what you have out of love. Not fear, give it out of love. You think I'm kidding? Repeat it back. I need to make sure that you're hearing his one voice. Don't worry. Okay, repeat it again. That, that fear is going to hit you. You are going to freak out. It's normal. Whether it's money or something else, remember these words, the words of Jesus, our coach. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Give only what you have and do it out of love. Father God, we surrender to you. There's so many other voices, so many other fears, so many things that happen during this season that trigger things that are inside of us. Father, we only want to hear your voice. Father, we only want to hear what you have to say. So, Father, we surrender to you the voice in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you could stand, I want to show you one more verse before they lead us in prayer. Can, can you go to the next verse, the very next um, slide? This is the second half of John 1 where Jesus is described as the voice. Remember I talked about the breathing and all that? I'd never seen this before, but catch this. This voice does not destroy. What does it do? His breath filled all things with a living, breathing light. That's how you know it's from God, because it creates. It breathes into us rather than takes breath out of us. That's how you can recognize his voice. It's a light that thrives in the depths of darkness blazes through murky bottoms. It cannot and will not be quenched. Listening today, I was struck by uh, the, the two verses in Luke um, that Bo kind of focused on. The, Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief can come and no moth can destroy. Um, for where your treasure is, there where your heart will be also. I always kind of read that before and thought about, okay, so I'm behaving this way so that I will store up treasure for myself when I get to heaven. And, uh, and that always felt like, okay, I know that's a good thing, but I, I, my perspective is so small that it's, it felt like I was doing something that I knew was good for me in the future, but it, I, did, I got no... I felt no solace for now. Um, and just the last couple of years, I feel like Boog and um, John 
have talked a lot about how like the kingdom is here. Heaven is here. It's everything from the ground up. Um, and I was just struck by the fact that we can have those things, that security, that peace, and that, um, yeah, that, what seems impossible we can have right now in this season um, when we focus on the voice. Um, and that is so, so relieving to me. Um, and we have, that, we have that, you know, afterlife as well um, in a way that we can't even imagine, but it's, it's, it's available to us now. And I find so much... Um, rest and solace in that. Uh, so let me pray. Dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for this time that we get to be together as a family and remember who you are and what you sound like, Father. Um, I just pray that everyone this week will, um, that all the other noises would just fall away and you would just echo in our heads and our hearts um, and that we would respond to it, Lord, in your sweet name. Amen.